Good evening and welcome. It's Wednesday night. It is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV. We've got Vince in the co-host chair tonight. Of course, you know Matt and you know JR. We are all, uh, I'm, I was going to use a gun metaphor, loaded and ready for bear. But I don't know if that's okay anymore, Vince. Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. I don't, not right now. <laughs> not right now. Will you let me know when it's it okay to use it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. As soon as these calm down a little bit, you can use your gun references. You can't be loaded. You can't, you can, you can use, uh, right now you can use a, you can use tribal Indian nicknames again right now. Oh, you, you can, can't use gun references. Oh, you can't. What? Like, yes, that's, can that's you give what we me, are right now. Can you society. give me an example of a tribal Indian nickname that we can use? Hey, everybody. JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab. Or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it. And we appreciate your help. Sure. We can use all of them. We can, you know, <laughs> we, we can say that we're... Uh... We're we're we are ready with our tomahawks tonight, and we're so, gonna skin some. Uh, yeah, we can we can yeah. we can go all yeah, the, we can the whole, do that. So we, we can, can say, say we can, can go that way. Can we say can, wampum? As long as it's not a loaded gun. Can we say wampum? Wampum. Wampum's okay. Powwow. Wampum. Is that one all right? Pow, we can do powwow. Yep. Uh, scalp. Yep. We can we can we go after somebody? We can scalp. scalp? We, can, we can. Yep. Oh. We can we can scalp people. Matt, right you must feel really as liberated. Not a gun. You must feel really liberated, Matt, knowing this now tonight. I, I feel amazing. In fact, I want to put everyone's politically correct things at ease. And the four of us cre have created our own group called the Geronimo Joes in honor of President Joe Biden. There you go. See? <laughs> the Geronimo Joes. I love go. it. Wow. I love that. JR, you, uh, can you be the chief? Will you be chief Geronimo, Geronimo Joe? Just going to have a little fire water here. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, what a great way to start. Fire so water. I'm sure most of you have heard this news already. And again, the irony never stops with this administration. But Dr. Fauci has tested positive for COVID-19. Now, Fauci is an 81-year-old, uh, so he is in the high-risk category. But according to reports, he has mild symptoms and he's working from home. He tested positive using a rapid antigen test. And he's vaccinated, and uh, I'm sure you're not surprised, Matt. He's also double boosted. But uh, Sir Fauci, king of the uh, medical community and our health future, has has tested positive for COVID. 81 years old. He is the youngest of the Keebler elves, I'm told, also, JV. So <laughs> at 81. So uh, Im impressive. Uh, apparently his mask did not work. Uh, I am stunned by this that the mask has not worked. Uh, even though he wears it everywhere, uh, including uh, inside his slacks, from what I'm, he's got a mask down under as well. <laughs> My sources tell me, Jamie Johnson, <laughs> Jr. Uh, Kamala Harris has tested positive. Uh, obviously, we just said Fauci. There have been a lot of high-level Biden administration figures that have tested positive. Man, he has to be Biden himself has to be at risk here. And regardless of what we think of Biden as a president, we've all said all along. The alternative, if something should happen to Joe Biden, is far worse. Uh, that must scare you and many other people. Well, he uh, he is getting more fragile by the day, seems like, and uh, 
you know, the, the, certainly the elderly population, they're the ones that are most at risk. And, the, you know, Fauci, heck, he wore three or four masks, right? So it got through, through to him. So you don't see Biden with a mask as much. You know, he was really careful for a long time to actually wear that mask. And then he'd, he'd get caught a few times and then he put it back on. But, uh, and I, you know, I bet he does get it. I mean, he, he's, you know, he doesn't travel like a lot of presidents, uh, but uh, he travels enough where he, he's exposing himself. So it wouldn't shock me. And uh, I hope we don't have to see what happens when that event occurs, because you're right, there isn't really a good alternative there. And we famously remember Donald Trump contracting COVID during the campaign. Uh, he was out of commission for a couple of days, or at least out of the public eye for a couple of days. I know he went into the hospital for a day or so uh, and came out okay. He, he was healthy at the end. By the way, Foxy Lady, thank you so much for the contribution of the cookie in the Foxhole chat. We uh, appreciate that. Uh, Vince, uh, the idea of Kamala Harris uh, being the alternative to Joe Biden should something happen to Joe Biden. I mean, even if Biden becomes sick enough if he were to contract COVID or something else, where he's just out of commission for four days, five days. Kamala Harris then assumes the duties of the president in those few days. Uh, what, do we, what should we expect from something like that? Is that something that we should be worried about? Every day. Uh, and, and I don't think it's just the I don't think it's just the right that worries about that, by the way, because I think they would have taken Biden out by now. Uh, by hook or crook, some they would somehow they would have taken him out before. I mean, think. I mean, we can't we can't be on this show time after time talking about the disaster that the Biden administration is, and know that nothing's been done about the the incompetence, the the possible sickness already that we've seen, the uh, you know the 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 fact that he may not be mentally uh, in the right mind to actually be running the 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 biggest country in the free world, uh, but. Uh, so you, you you can't tell me that something would have been done, but they have there's zero confidence from anyone that a Kamala Harris president presidency is 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 uh, is what we want, and 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 they're already giving signals that this is a bad idea because the reason that they've they're actually right now it is better for the Democrats. Put this in perspective, it is better for the Democrats politically to float the idea of a second term Joe Biden than it is for Kamala Harris to be able to sneak in there and start her presidential run. That's an amazing statement, and, and, and you put it in perspective there. Uh, I'm going to let Matt jump on that, too. Matt, the Democrats have been, and, and the media has has opened this can of worms. Uh, obviously, it's by design. It's intentional. It's coordinated. But uh, they're talking about, uh, you know, Biden is saying, yeah, I'm running again. Of course I am. The, the, the so-called press secretary is echoing those sentiments. Yet the media is starting to say, wait a minute. Can can this really happen? So the Democrats, as Vince said, there's no clear strategy here. If if Kamala Harris was a legitimate, viable candidate for president, this would not none of this conversation would be happening. Yeah, I mean, I think even the Democrats realize when you're lined up against adversaries like Vladimir Putin and others, that the response of your president can't be a cackling laugh to everything they say. And that's pretty much all that she's got. She just laughs hysterically. She laughs at her own jokes. I mean, she's having a hell of a time, JB. I mean, she's she's excited. Yeah, she's no matter laughing. what the subject is, she's just having a blast. But, um, I, I mean, it's amazing. You've got someone who has absolutely no concept of what uh, is going on, no concept of, of reality, um, and then you've got Joe Biden. And so it's, it's, it's unbelievable. These are the top two people that they have to choose from. Uh, they're begging people like Oprah and Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Mark Cuban right now. Yeah. I promise you at these little mixers, these $100,000 plate dinners, 
they are literally just begging those kind of people, please, God, run in 2024. We need you. Uh, and I hope that we don't have to deal with that because right now, the way the landscape looks, um, I, I don't see that there, there's I don't see how in the hell anyone beats a, a conservative ticket in 2024 right now for president. Yeah, it, it would be really, really hard uh, for a good candidate, a good conservative candidate to screw this one up. Uh, but again, as Vince will tell you, uh, two years is a long time in politics, and we've got a long time to go here. we got to get through these midterms first. I'm going to move on to the next story because uh, we've seen Joe Biden flailing over the uh, reality that gas prices have exceeded $5 on average per gallon. Uh, here in Cooperstown, Vince, it, it's five oh five now. This is the first time in my life I've ever seen gas prices over $5. It's record territory. People are hurting. People are suffering. There are people who are saying, I can't afford to go to work anymore because gas is too high. So they're quitting their jobs because of it, going on public assistance, unemployment, whatever it happens to be. So Biden, in addition to blaming Putin, in addition to blaming big oil, in addition to blaming Republicans that won't pass his tax and spend agenda, he's now threatening to use emergency war powers in a letter to oil companies. He has said on Wednesday he would consider using his emergency war powers to increase gas production. He did this in a letter to oil companies. Biden wants oil companies in this letter um, or warns them that at a, quote, time of war, refinery profit margins well above normal being passed directly onto American families is not acceptable. Uh, JR, war powers because the gas, the price of gas is too high because of his policies, by the way. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, he could just point a finger right back at himself, but that's of course uh, suicide. But last I checked, we're not at war, are we? I mean, um, maybe Ukraine's at war and Russia's at war with each other, and uh, there's been an impact there uh, that has indirectly impacted us. But uh, I don't I don't know the actual uh, legalities of that. But but uh, we're not at war, and I question whether you know how much uh, jurisdiction he actually has anyway. But regardless to uh you know single out a specific industry it's one thing even to to say that which which of course a president's not supposed to do anyway and he's been prone to do that over the last week uh pointing a finger at any big entity that he can that might get any kind of traction but but to then enact those comments with uh punitive uh, or or forceful act I, I i question whether he can even legally do that and i bet uh I bet there'll be a lawsuit uh, at his desk before uh, uh, any of these oil companies take any action. But they got a, a business to run. So I, I don't know. Uh, last I checked, uh, this isn't an aristocracy or a uh, dictatorship. <laughs> he doesn't have absolute power. Well, he sure seems to think he does. Uh, by the way, a Cookie Monster Couch is active in the Foxhole chat, tossing out cookies like uh, they are candy. We appreciate that as well. Um, in this letter, Vince, he says, and this is a quote from the letter, your companies need to work with my administration to bring forward concrete near-term solutions that address the crisis and respect the critical uh, equities, respect the critical equities of energy workers and fence line communities, critical equities of of energy workers and fence line communities. What? Yeah, what is he talking about all the? <laughs> is he talking about all the uh, Keystone Pipeline workers that he yeah. uh, that he had laid off and and killed their jobs? One of the first acts uh, he he did in office. I mean, come on, this is this is crazy. This is this is so 
this is so typical of the Biden administration. They're going to point fingers. We're going to blame everybody for, for all the problems that he created. We've, we've talked on this show. People have, have said it in the media. They have said it to, to Biden and his administration. There are several things that could have been done months ago to stave off this, this gas crisis and, and the, the increase in gas prices that we're seeing now. We, they, they've, they've shut down domestic uh, production. They've shut down any future uh, drilling in, in, uh, in Alaska and other areas that, that are, are, are rich with, with, with gas uh, products. We were completely, before Biden came into office, uh, uh, relying on our own domestic oil. And now we, we, all are, are, we, we all throw up our hands and wonder why we, we are you know, in, the, in, the problem, in this situation that we're in. It's absolutely absurd that Joe Biden thinks the American people are that stupid that they're just going to fall in line and be like, oh, is, it's, let's blame Putin again, right? It's, Putin, it's the Saudis. We'll, we'll, we'll blame them next. He has to go visit them first and kiss the ring right? Because he needs more production. And then we'll turn around and start blaming the Saudis. But not until after we, we get what we need over there. Uh, Matt, he complained, Biden complained that oil refineries were, quote, blunting the impact of the historic actions of my administration. Blunting the impact of the historic actions of my administration that have been taken to bring down the price of oil. I'm assuming he's meaning he means uh, squandering our strategic petroleum reserve because that's all he's done that may have had a positive impact. Everything else he's done has done just the opposite. Yeah, I, I've never seen someone refer to this kind of a f up as uh, my amazing you know actions that I've taken. It's it, it's a blunder of epic proportions that we've seen here from this administration. It's it's screw up after screw up. I mean, your, your secretary of Transporta transportation is basically. You know, trying to breastfeed a baby, and he's a man. And uh, you know, and and then you've got uh, you know, you've got you know the the Secretary of Defense who is so scared of COVID, he looks like Darth Vader walking around. And this administration is just an absolute shit show on all levels. Uh, there is there is nothing they do that's not screwed up. I mean, honestly, if you were to if you were to put Joe Biden in Rick Moranis's role in and basically spaceballs, this is the administration running the United States of America. Uh, it is that screwed up. And basically, I feel like Biden is, you know, picture a Rick Moranis slurring. He spins around, the helmet shield comes up, and he's like, how many assholes we got in this administration? And 18 people raise their hands. Hey, and they're all cross-eyed. <laughs> like, this Follow is them. literally the administration. Every single one of these people is an epic screw-up. And you couldn't, I mean, it's like, give me your worst. I mean, at this point, let them, bring them in across the border. They couldn't be any worse than the Biden people, right? Can we pick some... Pick some immigrants at this point to run the country? I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, uh, and then we're not even addressing that issue. That's a whole other subject. I shouldn't have brought up the border, but my God, what a what a mess, right? Yeah, the immigrant, immigrants would probably uh, love the country more than the current uh, members of the Biden administration. Vince, by the way, you've got uh, a fan in the getter chat. Somebody says, hey, I know that guy. Oh. Go, Vince. Uh, somebody, the username Bobby Walker, someone that you know, maybe? I know Bobby. <laughs> yes. Um, Bobby, Bobby's a good guy. Bobby, Bobby is a uh, social media genius. Awesome. All right. That's nice what to, he is. Yeah. Nice to see him in our getter chat. Anyway, uh, JR, um, actually, instead of reading from this, I want to, I want to bring up something else. So yesterday I was watching the Neil Cavuto show. They were talking finance about for oil companies and gas prices, and they had an expert on, I don't remember who he was, but he threw out numbers like the fact that in 2019, uh, capital markets made something in the neighborhood of $50 billion available uh, to oil companies for research and exploration, not research, exploration and development of oil fields. The Biden administration has basically 
made it difficult for companies to finance those projects. So now, instead of the $50 billion that was available in 2019 to develop new uh, drilling resources, we're down to $4 billion. That affects future pumping of oil, to put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's how it works. Uh, the, uh, the percentage of uh, oil fields that actually are productive is kind of a factor that goes into how much capital one spends. And the other, other factor is, is, is the success rate and, and, uh, and the potential demand and supply uh, so that they can equate dollars to, to what they outlay. And there's a, a percentage on how that works. It's, it's really something that the, the really big banks uh, with specialty lending groups do for that industry. And, and if you have, uh, just, just like his action on the day he took office, he did the, he did, he, he, Keystone went down the drain. You know, he basically said, you can't drill in Anwar. You can't, you know, you, he basically took the uh, federal lands off the table. Those things, while it didn't change a drop of oil in production on day one, it changed the market because the potential down the road immediately of uh, the vision for that changed and that's what the capital markets look like when they uh make money available for these companies and, it, and it's uh 100 the result of biden's actions uh vince going back to the letter here's another quote it says in advance of that referring to uh the solutions near-term solutions that they're supposed to provide in advance of that i request that you provide concrete ideas that would address the immediate inventory price and refining capacity issues in the coming months including transportation measures to get refined products to the market I don't know if this is, I don't know if, have you ever seen, I mean, maybe this happens in every administration. Maybe these types of letters are going out all the time. I don't know. I don't know. But this seems awfully heavy handed from an administration that has basically, basically declared itself the enemy of fossil fuel development. I, I'm going to say that, no, this is actually not what would normally happen. Um, only a Joe Biden, the king of, you know, standing on his front porch and yelling at the kids to get off my grass is going <laughs> to then turn and write a, you know, he's going to then turn and write a strongly worded letter. Right. I, I think, and I think we saw this in some, when, when we had other, I, I don't want to call them gas crises because they were nothing like what we're seeing now. Right. But with, when there was a change that needed to be addressed and it's not just with, it's not just with, with, with oil, but I think we've also seen it in tech. We've also seen a lot of other industries where they take the big heads of these corporations and they're invited to the White House and they sit down with the president to, uh, to strategically talk about how they're going to fix whatever the crisis or the problem of the day is. And I don't think the Biden administration has that clout to be able to call in the heads of the uh, the big gas and oil companies to say, hey, what are we doing? Because I think this letter is going to end up where, where any idea from the Biden administration is going to end up right into the trash. And, and the response from the oil companies should be simple. Get out of our way. Yeah, right. Simple. That's right. And you're right, SoCo Girl. He didn't write this letter personally, but the people he put in place did. And he has set the agenda. He has set the tone. And he has set the directives. And they're following those directives. But you're right. It was uh, it was probably came from the Energy Department, probably this Grand Home character, Secretary of Energy, who just said, by the way, she, it, it, yesterday, I think she was interviewed, she said, interviewed, she said, by the way, if you fill up your electric vehicle by charging and you fuel, fueled your gas tank with gasoline and you had the same size tank, you would save $60 per fill up by going electric rather than using gasoline. 
I mean, these people are so out of touch, Matt. It's, it's you know, they're idiotic, they're moronic, and they're out of touch. It's it's always fun to ask a uh, liberal or someone who's into the electric cars where they think their charging station gets powered from. Yeah. It's a coal plant, dumbasses. It's it's things like diesel and gasoline that fuel your little electrical charging station. Um, and then they spend ten grand to put one in their home. Uh, and then you know you you buy an electric you buy a Tesla, for example, in a in a city of sixty thousand people, and you've got ten charging stations in the entire city. Um, you can only go some of these like two, 300 miles on a charge. Um, nobody else is, is buying this, this green energy crap. We're already the cleanest country in the world by a mile. You know, the, the people polluting the world is not the people of the United States of America. It's, I mean, you can look at maps, you can look at, you know, geothermal things. You can look at China. Most of the pollution's coming from the place making everything, you know, China, the Philippines, you can just, you can see it all folks. You can see it, India, you can see who's polluting everything. So this notion that America needs to do their part, we are already more than doing our part. Uh, you know, and, and Vince being in politics, I'm sure knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's, 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 it's the dumbest argument that this is really uh, something that's going to help. But with the rising price of fuel, do you not think that your electric bill is going to go up? Your energy bills are going to go up because it's going to, you know, so you're raising that now. You know, my, I don't know what it costs to charge an electric vehicle because I don't wear skinny jeans and I don't go to Starbucks. I don't wear a fedora. But if I did any of those things, I would probably have an electric car. And so I don't know what it's like to have an electric car. But I would assume it costs a certain amount of money because I don't know. Maybe anybody else got an electric car? If I picked up one of you guys, I didn't mean to. But what does it cost to charge an electric car? I, I, does I anyone have, know? I have that information. And, and I don't know if it's the same for every car or what. But I know that it's the equivalent of powering your home for five days. So five days electricity use that you would normally use in your home is what it takes to fully charge an electric vehicle. So that might be a hundred bucks in some places. Yeah. To go 300 miles. Boy, you're really saving money with that electric car. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, JR, the wall street journal, and I had this, this article several days ago and I just kept it lying around in case I ever wanted to refer to it. Uh, but the wall street journal did a test. They did took a four day trip from, let's see, it was from new Orleans to Chicago and back in an electric vehicle. Their determination, it was an absolute disaster. They said that long-distance travel by electric vehicle proves almost impossible. At several points, the car nearly, nearly ran out of battery. They missed several appointments. They had to take drastic steps to curb their use of power, such as unplugging their phones and turning down their windshield wipers. They um, had a feeling of being unsafe while they had to sit there and charge at night. For out for an hour at at some rest stop, you know people aren't thinking about this angle. These parts of the electric vehicle uh, uh, experience. Yeah, it, it's just there's supply issues. Obviously, if they promoted these things like some would would hope and are seemingly demanding, uh, the already fragile grid that we have would immediately become inadequate. I mean, I, I, I think you know, last last Wednesday, I, uh, I I had a wedding down in South Carolina, drove from New York down to South Carolina, which entailed three Phillips, and it was about 15-hour drive. Hey, if I had a Tesla, I'd still be driving down there. I, I would have missed the wedding. <laughs> Not really, but but it, it, <laughs> it would change the whole dynamic of, of travel. And, and uh, I think the statistic is, I mean, in New York, we have a lot of hydropower, so it, coal is not a big uh, or, or very minimal, if anything, uh, 
producer of our electric, but nationally it's 31%. 31% of our electricity is coal generated. So, you know, the magic uh, hole in the wall that you plug into to get out the magic juice is, is, is not uh, accurate, obviously. And we are, they are way ahead of the curve before trying to make this thing a, a really a practical, uh, large-scale uh, uh, transportation use for our country. Yeah, I mean, we've already been warned of rolling blackouts and other brownouts and other electrical uh, electric grid shortages this summer when uh, when prime cooling season hits. Uh, so, Vince, you know, we've already had those warnings. Imagine if we had uh, 100 million electric vehicles charging in addition to that. You know what, if they, if they said... We're going to build 50 nuclear electric plants around the country. We're going to set up the charging stations. We're going to do all this, and then we're going to push you into electric vehicles. I mean, maybe that's a plan. At least that's a plan. This is just shooting from the hip. And after you comment, let's go to your story. Did you say nuclear? I did. Because <laughs> that just that, that scares everybody. But nobody, the one thing I've, I've always, the argument I've always made is that if you want to talk about clean energy, nuclear is the cleanest energy. I understand there's a byproduct you have to deal with, but it's the cleanest energy to produce. And and I there isn't one person on the left who's ever been able to push back and like and say, oh, that's a terrible idea. Here's why. Because they they know it's a good idea, but they they can't do it. Here's here's my question though on the electric vehicle front. There are all these charging stations all over the place, and they're in municipal lots. They're at rest stops, which are are publicly funded and owned rest rest stops, but these are free charging stations. Are you, how how is the entire in the entire charging world right? Unless you have one of it your, your your home, all of the charging stations are basically publicly funded. So whether you believe or, that this is a good idea or not, all of us end up paying to charge these cars, right? That's that's who's paying. The taxpayers are paying the, for the charge of the cars. And at what point does does that become an issue? Because I I don't understand how you can sustain that. You know, with with it being publicly funded, and at some point, are, are we going to end up with a? It's basically made a gas station for an electric electric car. And how can you tell me we don't end up in the exact same place we are with gas and demand and a problem with supply and all the same issues that we're having with gas right now? That you end up with that same problem when you try to charge every car out there in the world because that's their goal is to make every car electric. If every car is electric, it needs to be charged. How do they handle that demand? And, and, and they can't do it. And they don't have answers for it either because they'd be answering those questions if they're answering those questions and giving us ideas on how to do it if they could. So before, before you go to your story, I want to make one more comment because I was sure. just having a conversation in uh, the getter chat with somebody about this. And by the way, thank you to Lynn RC7 and to Tiny Ninja for the contributions. But uh, Soko Girl said it was $20. At least that's how I read it. It was $20 to replace a battery. And I said, really? Only 20 bucks? Here's the thing. It's not 20 bucks. She clarified, and I'll get to it in a second. Here's the thing. We all know we all have phones. We all know those batteries don't keep taking new charges forever. You know, over time, they become less capable of holding a charge, and they start to deteriorate. We all have cars now that have car batteries that have to re be replaced over time. So we know that these batteries inside these electric vehicles will not stay fresh forever, whereby they take the full charge that we're used to. So SoCo Girl pointed out, and I wondered about this. What is it going to cost to replace that battery when it comes time to replace that battery? Uh, Soco Girl said $20,000. I don't have a verification of that number, but that sounds right to me. You got to get, 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 get a $20,000 battery replacement 
Or if you go to change your car, trade that car in, that car is going to be worth $20,000 less because the battery is going to need to be replaced. So think about that one too. Okay, go ahead, Vince. That's a lot of stuff that no one's thinking about. And where do those batteries go after they're, uh, after they're done? That's an, easy, that's an easy answer. They go next to all the solar panels. <laughs> right. In the, same, in, the same, in the same field somewhere. Right. Um, so, JV, you know, in the show, we've, uh, we have watched a lot of the, uh, the Biden press conferences and picked him apart like crazy because, well, it's, it's easy and it's fun. Uh, but uh, I wanted to take a look at a, a, a White House press conference with Press Sec uh, Secretary uh, Karen Jean-Pierre uh, when she faced some tough questions regarding the stock market, losing all of its gains since uh, Biden took office. And, you know, she did her best to read the answers from one of the largest three-ring binders in the history of anything that's been put in a three-ring binder. <laughs> she did try her best. But uh, I just want, let's, let's start taking a listen to these clips, and we're going to run through these these clips uh, pretty quickly. Biden once bragged about the stock market hitting record after record after record on my watch. How about now? Meaning the stock market. All the gains from President Biden's time in office have been wiped out. So, as you know, we're watching, we're watching closely. Uh, we know families are concerned about inflation in the stock market. Uh, that is something that the president is is really aware of. And so, look, I know you want to play so, the. I know Matt, you want to play them. I know you want to play them. But oh my god, go ahead. Oh my god. No, no, no. That was good. That was, that's that's our first clip. That's great. Um, but uh, Matt, I mean, I, I at least I'm glad to hear that the president's aware that there's a problem. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. He's really aware that there's a problem, <laughs> and they're watching closely. And they know that families are concerned. And by the way, just in case anybody's wondering, when she asked Peter Ducey, what do you mean? That was just her killing time so she could flip through to the right page in that book. Matt, these people aren't for real, yeah. are they? Well, you, you know I'm going to get serious when I have to pull my pants up when I'm sitting down. <laughs> so uh, that's what you just witnessed there. So this is, a, this is about to get real for some folks at home. You know, if, if, if you don't like foul language, you should probably put your earmuffs on. I'm going to throw that one out there real quick. Uh -oh. Um, no, nah, I'm not going to be bad. I'm, I'm in a good mood. I got kids. I got to be good tonight. Um, this is just, first off, I can, has anyone asked her yet if she's, uh, you know, is she black, gay, and immigrant? Uh, have we got any questions like that going, Vince? I'm not really sure. You know, she's she good at really answering. Yeah, she's good enough. at answering those. Yeah, I'm just curious. But uh, you're watching. You know how most Americans are watching? In the fetal position with a, with a fifth of liquor, crying themselves to sleep at night. I sold every bit of crypto I have, thank God, on Friday. Uh, I, got, I had some good discernment, you know, and uh, I, I was like, you know, normally you wouldn't just keep buying that. You know, after I bought the 37th dip, I was like, it's probably time to sell. It's just a good idea, I think. Uh, then when I noticed Apple, who has record profits and their stocks even dropping, I'm like, well, if Apple's lost $30 a share with record profits, this ship's not getting any better, folks. It's going to get a whole lot worse. And by the way, for everyone crying about gas prices, you guys better invest in chin straps, okay? Get yourself a football helmet and a chin strap because the ride we're about to go on is going to shake your sorry asses to the core. And for anyone who voted for Joe Biden, I want reparations from your ass, yeah. all right? That's who I want reparations for. Any really? dumbass that voted for Joe Biden, I demand reparations, and I demand them tomorrow, all right? I'm sure my deadline will be met, everyone. Okay. But with that being said... This is insanity. Gas is going to easily be where I'm at in Arkansas, folks. By September, we're going to be at $10 a gallon in Arkansas. 
That's what they want because then they can go, well, you know, Vince, you know, JR, JV, you know, if you had an electric car, this wouldn't hurt so bad. This is literally going to be the stupidity of their talking points. And, and they're going to continue to push this nonsense. It's going to get worse. Diesel, that's how you get your goods to and from, Vince. That's going through the roof. In fact, there's been multiple shortages. In fact, my daughter is, you know, her, her mom keeps us updated. You know, my, my first ex-wife, I, I've got a list of them now. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> and we can go down a list of ex-wives. But, you know, she keeps, keeps my oldest, you know, updated on the diesel shortages in Missouri where they're running out of diesel and gas in different cities. Uh, it's an exciting time to be an American. You know, you don't know if you're going to get baby formula and be able to feed your baby. You don't know if you can actually get a tank of gas. You don't, I mean, right now, if you have a stock portfolio, you really don't. You can pretend you do, but you don't. Um, it, it's unbelievable. The Secretary of Transportation, who technically should be behind this, is breastfeeding his children. Notice what I said. They're breastfeeding his children. Yeah. So he, okay. I'm going to pick on Buttigieg until hell freezes over because he's an utter moron who has been a leading, um, you know, strategist in this this sham of an administration. But my God, Vince, I mean, this is just insanity. Um, where do we go from here? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it can, I, you know, I used to say this. No. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm done after this. I used to always say, because I, I, I'm a pretty positive guy. You all know me, and we all talk off the re off the record. I'm like. Oh, you know what? It couldn't get any worse. I'm no longer ever uttering it couldn't get any worse again as long as Joe Biden <laughs> is president because it just keeps getting worse, Vince. It does get worse, but it's not Joe Biden's fault, as we know. We can play clip two. And, you know, Putin, Putin's price hike, inflation uh, coming coming uh, out of a once-in-a-generation uh, global pandemic, all, all of those things play a factor. And, uh, and you know, it, but the thing, the way that we see this is that the American people are well-positioned uh, to face these challenges because of the economic historic uh, gains that we have made uh, under this president, under this president in the last 16 months. By uh, just just a question by well positioned does she mean we're all bent over the table ready to is that what she's saying because <laughs> that, that's kind of that what maybe that may be exactly what she's talking about but uh, uh, yeah I mean just look blame blame Putin blame the pandemic blame everybody and whatever you do Jr don't look up and look that press corps in the eye because they know you're full of shit that's what you that's what you can tell there from from what she's doing uh, but you know. She's she the the American people are well positioned because of the historic gains under the Biden administration. Are you kidding me, Jr. Those historic gains, right? Weren't those under the Trump administration? And the reasons that they cite for for the the downturn in the economy or gas prices or but basically she doesn't know what she's answering for most the most part because she she always shifts between the the market and the economy and gas prices and inflation even though the questions about one or the other but those are all self-inflicted by the failures of this administration a hundred percent and 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 you mentioned having her look the press corps in the eye Good luck with that, yeah. because her eyes are looks like she's sleeping, and her eyes are closed for about ninety five percent of any interaction she has with the press when she's answering a question. Mm. I mean, she's sitting here like this. Yeah, she's doing. She she says, "What do you mean by that?" Well, she go goes alphabetically through her file so she can find the right topic. But she, you know, we had a, we had a thing on Monday where we looked at all all the uh, the leaders of the Biden administration, you know, the cabinet members, and. Uh, it's hard to really uh, pinpoint who is the worst, but uh, 
she, she's new, new, new in the uh, in the administration, and my God, I, she she's she's in the top the bottom. I'll say the top three, the bottom three, uh, right out right out of the gate. But uh, for for her to try to uh, say that the American public, with real double digit inflation, the Pro producer prices index came out last week and it was ten point something percent. We haven't seen the bottom yet, and if you want to, you know, Matt's right. Hang on to your boob straps uh, because uh, boob straps. The, Did you just say boob straps? Booty J straps. I heard the boob straps, straps, right? The booty, Everybody the else here? Yeah. Booty straps. Okay, boob straps. Oh, Sorry, right, keep going. Sorry, the, uh, uh, let me be Freudian slip. Sorry, but uh, it, you know, it, for, for him to uh, or for her to indicate that the Biden administration has basically buffered the impact of this inflation by the uh, historic rise in the stock market under his watch. It's just another one of those Pinocchios that nobody seems to want to call, which they were, uh, you know, throwing at Trump about five a day for even the slight slightest uh, misstep that he might have said. There wasn't even a misstep, just a tongue-in-cheek comment, and they would call it another Pinocchio. Well, right. well Biden is a Pinocchio. You know, of course, he had more press time, he would have more Pinocchios. But basically, the few times that he actually gets out there during a week, he's he's absolutely full of them. And I, I don't think anybody's fooling anybody. And uh, Miss Pierre uh, certainly isn't either. And you did you you mentioned the uh, the Biden binder of knowledge that she flips through to find the answer. And I assume it's alphabetical. But if you ever watch her flip through it, she flips through 30 pages at a time. There's like chunks of pages coming over. I have no <laughs> idea what she could be looking for. But uh, let's play this next clip because this gets kind of interesting. And so, look, we face global challenges. We've talked about this. Uh, this is we're not the only country dealing uh, with what we're seeing at the moment as it relates to inflation. We're going to JV on this one. Um, those words were not the only country. I find that to be very telling and very important in terms of where we're headed. Now, let's let's be honest. They. I, sometimes I'm, I'm afraid she's not sure what she's saying up there, but she just said something, whether she meant to or not, and that is the White House press secretary. Those are important words because once a recession occurs for a long enough period of time, and once an economic downturn is felt by many countries, that's the definition of a depression. It's no longer a recession. Yeah, that's a great point. I want to say a couple things first here. Uh, Matt Couch texted me earlier today, and he said he got a good night's sleep, and he was firing on all cylinders uh, today, so watch out. And I think we're seeing evidence of that here in, in Matt's comments. He is on fire. JR, too. JR is a little spunk tonight. We haven't seen in a while. He's on fire, too, so kudos to both of them and their responses Thanks, to this. Here, Here's the thing. Um, when Jen Psaki was still press secretary, this, uh, what's her name, Karine uh, Jean-Pierre, filled in a couple occasions when, I think when uh, Psaki had COVID and she wasn't in. And I thought, wow, this girl's actually not so bad. It turns out she's horrible. It turns out she's actually an incompetent, just like the rest of the administration. And she's only there because, again, we know it's historic. The first lesbian, black press secretary, blah, blah, immigrant, blah, blah, blah. We know it's all the boxes and everybody's cheering and the pride flag flows behind her. It's all wonderful. But the truth is that she can't do her job, and we're watching this in, in real time. And I'm going to say something else. Peter Ducey, while he may be the best of the reporters in that room, he's not that great. He does a decent job, but he's not that great. There are no good reporters in that room. Most of them are 20-something recent college grads 
indoctrinated from the liberal university system and have no idea what to ask. I can't believe the press corps is this inexperienced, this ineffective, and this malleable. So she's getting softball questions, even the one that Ducey gave her there, where he said, boy, Biden was bragging about the stock market you know, a year ago. Now what does he have to say? And her response should have been something like, the stock market goes up, the stock market goes down. It's, it's a reflection of the time. You know, there's a lot of things she could say. She had no answer. She, hadn't, she didn't know what to say because she, just like the rest of them, is a 20-something, maybe, I don't know what her real age is, uh, with no experience, no real-world understanding, a bunch of theoretical things that she took classes in gender studies, you know, and she can't do this job. And you're right about the whole idea of a depression. We are teetering. Because the United States economy leads the world economy, we are teetering on not just a few years of bad times. We are teetering on a decade or more of disaster, economic disaster. And that's what real people should, because these incompetents that are going to be there for another four years, even if Congress changes, these guys are going to be there for not four years, two and a half. They're going to still be there and they're not going to change what they're doing. They're just going to keep making it worse. Decline. What is the president's message to somebody who might want to retire, but their 401k is getting wiped out? So we know we know that the, that higher prices are having a real effect on people's lives. We get that, and we are incredibly focused on doing everything that we can to make sure that the economy is working for every American people. But we every American people. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Oh, every God. every American people right now must be thanking their lucky stars. We have this crack team working for them. And by the way, she here's a great example where she totally answered the wrong question. Ducey asks about 401ks in the market. She turns around and she's talking about high prices. This comes back to what I've been saying for a while here, Matt. They don't have any answers. That binder can have all the information they want in it. They don't have any answers. They've got no answers. And, you know, if you or I were to say these people, they would call us racist. So I feel like I've been attacked. You know, we're trying to help these people, as she says there, right? Um, it's, it's unbelievable that, that this is the answer. It has nothing to do with the economy. It has, you know, high prices. Have so hang on. It's normally if people are more profitable, stocks go up, things go up. The problem is everyone's selling because they have no confidence in this administration. And make no mistake about it, you know, I loved how she said in an earlier segment that, you know, and JV addressed that really well that the rest of the world, you know, you and JV were talking about that, Vince, the rest of the world doesn't have this problem or has the same problem. Well, we are causing the world to suck because of this administration. And they're not going to be too kind to that. You know, they're just not. And so that's going to be another situation. But she has no answers. The binder um, is amazing. I mean, I, I mean, someone really did some heavy-duty work here to put this thing together. Um, the fact that it, it even closes is, is a miracle in itself. Uh, I wonder what's in the binder for real because she's not reading from it. You know, I mean, that that would be a whole thing in itself to take odd. a guess on what's actually in the binder. I'm guessing some probably some old <laughs> vintage Mad magazines are in there, you know, stuff like probably. that. That may be. That may be. Regardless, I think we also are starting to answer uh, JV's question from earlier about what happens if Biden, if something happens to Biden, who takes over? I think we should let the binder take over. Just let the binder <laughs> run the country. It can't be like any that. worse. And at least there's at least there's some information on those pages. Let's check out that next clip. 
And this is interesting because uh, you mentioned about Ducey, uh, JV. He actually gets in a good one here. Check but this we out. are coming out of the strongest job market in, in American history, and that matters. And that a lot of that is thanks to the American Rescue Plan, which only Democrats uh, voted for that. Republicans did not. And it led to uh, this this economic boom, this historic economic boom that we're seeing and with jobs. And historic inflation? No, that is no. not that is that is that is not uh, that is not how we're seeing the American Rescue Plan. Look, Jr. I, I appreciate that uh, that's not how they see the American Rescue Plan, but I guarantee that about and you're you're a resident resident finance guy, right? Seventy percent of Americans probably see it that way, right? That that is what's led to inflation, and the other thirty percent probably have no idea what anybody's talking about. Let's be honest. So, uh, you know how. How is saying that the only only the Democrats voted for this failed rescue plan even helpful leading up to the midterms? Uh, you know, please, I hope I hope they keep reminding everyone that only the Democrats voted for the skyrocketing historic inflation that we're seeing now. Well, it, it, it certainly uh, dispels what they're trying to say, that, that Putin has caused our inflation. The, the overspending and uh, the, these incredible trillions you know, we, we've said it before, we used to talk about billions and, you know, arm wrestle over uh, maybe a, a decimal point. They're now spending trillions upon trillions upon trillions, money going to Ukraine, uh, while instead of supporting our own needs here. But I don't know what percent I would attribute to it, but a great percent of why we have inflation was the lack of the Fed addressing things a year ago. They were a year late to the party. And the and 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 seeing how much money was being spent on COVID, and the COVID relief and this rescue plan. Thank God we didn't have more people vote for that thing because that gave me some hope that somebody knows what's going on. But the but the U.S. is we're we're two weeks away from the official definition of our, of a recession when we go two two quarters of negative growth. And and as is said, when the the U.S. gets sick. The whole world gets a cold, and that, and that, you know, like we said, it, there, other countries are not going to look very favorable to the ineptness. It was maybe comical for a while, but these real-life, real-world decisions are causing big problems across the globe, and uh, we've got nobody to blame but those occupying the White House and that in this administration. And if they can't come up with something other than tapping our, you know, absolute emergency oil reserves and blaming the oil companies for exorbitant profits after having exorbitant losses and after restricting this, the oil that they could actually drill and punish the forward-looking oil market, uh, these press conferences are going to get a lot more exciting and volatile, I think. Couldn't agree more. Uh, JV, uh, Ms. Pierre, and I'm sure it was offensive term by calling her Ms. right there, so I apologize before I get canceled. Um, but uh, that la the last clip, she wants, us, uh, she wants us all to be reminded of something very important. And look, the president came in. We have to remember what the president walked into. When he walked into this administration, uh, the economy was at a standstill. Schools were closed. Businesses were shutting down. Uh, 20 million people were on unemployment uh, insurance benefits. That is what he walked into. And he took action. He wrote, he got the American Rescue Plan done. JV, we have to remember what happened before Biden took office. So to wrap up this segment and then to really 
feel free to take it wherever you'd like to, and then it's all yours. But uh, why don't you take us down memory lane and remind us what life was like yeah. before Biden took office? I mean, if you remember correctly, first of all, let me just let me just say the the obvious here: the shutdowns and the economic woes of the United States as we went into the inauguration of Joe Biden were squarely on the backs of the Democrats. It was blue states that did this; red states avoided it. They shut everything down. They forced people to stay home. They wouldn't let people go to church. Matt and I were talking this uh, talking about this on America's Lunchroom. The Democrats did this to the country. They did it to win an election. That's what they did. They were willing to sacrifice the well-being of the American economy and every living American, because the dead ones were going to vote for them regardless, but every living American uh, due to their political ambitions. They did this. So, And Donald Trump, do you remember back in uh, in April of 2020, Donald Trump was saying, we, we want to be reopened by Easter. He meant that, but he got such blowback from Fauci, from the Democrat governors, from the media. He couldn't, he just couldn't take the lead on it. Now, maybe if he, he should have kept trying, I don't know. But his head was spinning. He didn't know how to react. This was uncharted territory, not just for Donald Trump, but for the world. The world was doing things it had never done before in response to COVID. Now, there's another thing that I'm noticing here with this uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Um, I think she's trying to do something. And I'm going to bring this image back up. If it, if it starts playing, let me pause it. And look, the president okay. came in. So look at, look at her there. Okay, so look at this woman. I think she is trying to look like Dick Van Dyke from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> I think that that's what's really going on here. Look at, look at this. And then look at Dick Van Dyke from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Shane Barber. <laughs> That's what's happening here. It's, uh, it's it's uncanny. It really is. <laughs> All right. Enough. Enough. I, I didn't get even couch. I didn't get couch a crack a smile. Oh, there he goes. All right. All right. He's cracking a smile. Now. Um, let's see. Let's talk about. Uh, would you guys be happy if I were to say? Uh, that the the conservative movement has can now officially call officially be called let's make America hot again movement. I mean, in Texas, they just elected this this cutie. Uh, what's her name here? Um, what's her name? Uh, somebody give me your name because I know you guys have seen this story. Uh, oh yes, shoot! I just saw this today. I did. Where the heck is it? I had it here somewhere. Yeah, it's a state. It's a state senate spot. So I don't think. No, no, know, no, no. This is a congressional but, seat. This is a congressional seat. Is it? Yep. This is a congressional. It was. A, it's a Democrat district that has turned red. And I'm sorry, Flores. 150 years or something. Yeah, Flores is her name. Flores, Flores is her name. Yeah. And uh, I just have, and I looked at a lot of the Democrat candidates, and I'm saying, okay, conservatives, we got the hotties on our side. I think we can all be happy about that and take a lot of pride in that uh, in that respect. So I don't know if anybody wants to. I comment didn't recognize on that. her. Now I know who she is. Yeah, She's Flores. the one who keeps calling me her sweet babu on Instagram. <laughs> I had to block her. Yeah, that's so the one. I completely know who that is now. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. All right, let's see. Uh, okay, uh, I have. Uh, I'm going to do this first. Uh, so the House Republicans are seeking the administration's voter registration plans. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but back on what was the date of this? Mar in March of 2021, Joe Biden signed in an executive order directing agencies to produce plans to increase 
voter turnout, but has not made public the reports that were due in September of 2021 of how these agencies were going to do that. The uh, Republicans in Congress, many of them have uh, filed FOIA requests, have sent letters to the administration and all the specific departments about trying to get details on what they're going to do to fulfill this executive order, and nothing is being responded to. Matt, if they're not willing to respond and tell congressional overseers, the oversight function of Congress, what they're doing to affect voter turnout, should you, should I, should we, should they be concerned? Yes, and I have another question, and maybe someone can answer this for me on the panel here. Why is it that only Republicans or conservatives in office or whatnot get uh, criminal reprimanded by the Department of Justice for not responding to legal documents? You look at Steve Bannon, you look at Peter Navarro, and I can go on and on again. There's there's many others, you know, in this realm of things. These people, the Department of Justice, have went after and arrested and indicted over just not answering a question because they feel like they had executive privilege because they worked directly with the 45th president of the United States. So if, if Merrick Garland, who wanted to be on the Supreme Court, is an honest and a fair man, they would have criminal referrals and be forced to do the right thing here. Um, I think that's the the main question: is why is that not being done, JV? Why are why is it only? It's a one way street, and the media and the liberals and the fact checkers and, and all of these wonderful people want to claim that it's not anybody who says what the four of us would say, which is by the way, it's a it's a biased one way street. Only conservatives get harassed, and then you'll have seventeen fact checkers and like Vince brought up, thirty four Pinocchios on how Matt Couch is a liar. Oh, that's not true, but it is true. And it's a biased uh, media, JV. I think that's the real question. And, and then why aren't the Republicans in office pushing for criminal indictments and, and yelling as loud as they can all over social media? And I'll yield back. We have a two-tiered justice system. It is not a level playing field anymore. We've got a weaponized Department of Justice. We've seen that in full display. They don't even hide it anymore. So none of this surprised me. Uh, one of the requests or one of the comments about this, JR, is uh, Taryn, uh, from Taryn Bragdon and Stuart Wilson, who are leaders of the, quote, Foundation for Government Accountability. It's a private watchdog group. They say a president has every right to sway potential voters on the campaign trail. He has no right to influence them using the force of the federal government. They, too. Have, have have filed uh, FOIA requests to get this information, and they, too, have been unresponded to. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, remember in the uh, summer or, or late spring of 2020 when they started uh, putting these COVID responses in with drop boxes and absentee ballot, and Trump immediately said, look out, these are going to be used for nefarious purposes, and uh, – you know, we won't go there, I guess, because, you know, it's been well documented and we've talked about it ad nauseum, I guess, in the past. But certainly, uh, if they won't disclose what they're planning to impact an election legally or otherwise, um, it should give us, a, you know, a continued pause as to what the fairness of the upcoming election is. And I tell you what, uh, this seat you referenced in Texas. I think I saw it's been blue for 157 years. I didn't know there'd been a seat in, in the United States that, that had been held in any party for that long. I mean, that, that, that that's just craziness. So after what happened in Virginia and what happened uh, almost in New Jersey, but certainly a huge swing there, I mean, if this isn't uh, 
shots across the bow that the Democrats somehow have thinking they can still pull this off with their, um, you know, abortion flag here and and their Putin call here, uh, they're they're grossly mistaken because uh, th- this should be just an example of how great uh, the, uh, the the public will vote to overturn the direction of this country, which is going on down the wrong track on so many different levels. And, uh, you know, it, as I said earlier, two years is a long time, but uh, I think I think for the presidency, but but certainly we can see five months. And with it, I don't think they can change things anywhere close to make the public's opinion change uh, as as already indicated by the recent elections. Yeah, I want to close this story. I just want to say that um, the the uh, um, congressman I referred to earlier, uh, what was his name? Uh, Davis, uh, Rodney Davis from Illinois, Republican, uh, isn't the only uh, person to try to uncover the plans. Representative Ted Budd of North Carolina, Republican, led an effort of 36 House Republicans in February. That also went unanswered. Freedom of Information Act requests from the FGA have also been ignored so far. Uh, so, Vince, you can comment on that, but I really am curious about something else to pick up, to pick up on what JR just said. I just saw a story sure. that, and again, polling is what it is, but you have a better handle on polling than probably the rest of us do. Uh, I just saw a thing that said Herschel Walker is tied with Warnock in Georgia. That's that concerns me in this climate. And I also read something that said Fetterman is it Fetterman in Pennsylvania? Is that the name? The Democrat candidate Fetterman, is that right? Yes. yes. Fetterman is yes. is yeah. leading double digits, Oz. So I'm a little concerned mm. because I've been working under the same assumptions JR is working on here that uh, you know, we've got a bright, rosy future, but in those two cases, maybe maybe we shouldn't get too cocky here yeah um be, be careful with polling be careful with polling numbers there are, that is a, that's an onion that you could just it, you you could just keep peeling and peeling away until until you know the the facts there is there is independent polling there is polling that's definitely not independent and it's out there for a reason and then there's internal polling the most accurate are the internals and the internals are, are internal, so they're not being they're not being put out there into the world. Most of the time, when you see a poll, you have to look at you have to look at sample size. You have to look at who they actually talked about. There's different degrees. Whether they talk to likely voters, they talk to registered voters, which are people who aren't likely to vote, and then they'll talk to residents or people that that has no bearing on an election. And and th- what the problem is, it, yes, it's all different ways to statistically do a poll. The problem is it's also ways that you can skew those polls. So you have to be, be careful of the source. I am now weary of anything that is attached to a media source. Any kind of media source that is is paying or is attached to a poll, it could be the most prestigious polling outfit in the world. They are getting paid by some media out, outlet. They are gonna they are going to spin the results of that poll in the way that they want to spin those results. So if there's a media outlet attached to it, sorry, I can't, just can't believe it. So yeah, could I, I don't listen. I don't think Dr. Oz is not down by by double digits in Pennsylvania. That is not the case, especially not this early. That's the other thing about that. That that that's not going to happen out of the blue. And 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 if, if it is, then ten points is nothing for a Dr. Oz to close when, when it gets more serious. You're too far away to, to worry about it. So you have to be very careful because what they want to do is they want to right now, Democrats want to take the wind out of Republican sails. We have all the energy, we have all the reason to go out and vote and to turn things around in November. And what they're going to start trying to do is give us a reason not to go to the polls, to give up on it, to say, you know, and that's, and they, they, they're having a very hard time. They can't change the messaging. 
They're having a tough time, and they've tried like hell to try to get us off of the economy and get off of inflation and off of gas prices, and they can't do it. So next is going to come, you know, it's it's voter suppression is what it is, and they're going to try to right. take the energy out of the Republican sales, and they're going to do that. This is the first wave. They start with the polling numbers. Oh, you can't win. He can't win. He can't win. And then you start to believe that they can't win. You say, oh, why am I going to vote if he can't win? So I'd be very weary of polling numbers this early. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we saw it all through 2020. When I was in, you know, when I was in Georgia for almost the entire month of December in 2020, the same thing, you know, that was the same message that, you know, that, uh, you know, Ossoff and Warnock put out in Georgia. You know, they weren't even running. Look what we're going to do if elected. All of their ads were about how far ahead they were. And they were putting money into the media for things of that nature. So it's a, it's a it's a point that they use to to demoralize the right. And the right, you know, we don't run campaigns like we used to, as Vince knows. If we got back to door knocking, if we got back to phone banks, if we got back to grassroots movements in these places, uh, it, it's it speaks dividends and volumes of how to win elections. And um, and you know, Purdue and and, and Loeffler in Georgia, I saw it firsthand. They didn't do that. You know what I saw from Ossoff and Warnock? I saw Ossoff, literally, even with COVID, he did a drive-by, multiple drive-bys, and he would stand out there, and the cars would drive up, and he would stick his hand in and shake their hand and talk to every person. Purdue and Loeffler didn't do that. And my point is, they wanted it more, too, and nobody wants to hear that on our side. They campaigned better. They did grassroots better in Georgia, and they had the media behind them. We have to do better to win, win in 2020. We can't just... We can't just run some ads and have Donald Trump tweet out, I'm awesome, and hope to win that seat. And, and here's another mm-hmm. another little piece to watch, too, and I'll use the, the Fetterman-Oz uh, example. If, if Fetterman's beating Oz by double digits right now, he's not mentioning his name, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I, I, you're going to have to explain that one for me. What do you mean? Yeah. If you're beating if you're beating your opponent by ten points, the last thing you do is get into any kind of oh, discussion, okay. argument, either gotcha. about or with your with your your opponent. You're going to ignore your opponent because they're down by ten points. Let them earn their own name ID. Yeah, but that's that. So that's what I'm saying. That can't be the case. Okay, I just want to I just want to comment uh, for our Foxhole viewers. I'm not sure if you're still having the problem. Uh, Foxhole was doing an update. They jumped in our chat room. They said they're going to do this update. It's going to help uh, with some of the uh, lag that was happening earlier. Uh, it, to me, it's still lagging. So if you're wondering what's going on with Foxhole, they're just doing an update, and that's why it might be causing some problems. I also want to go back to this Flores article because I want to just point out that I seemed a little bit lost when I introduced this discussion. It's because I couldn't find the other pages I had ready to go to talk about this. I have since found them. We're not going to go back to the conversation, but I just wanted to point out Elon Musk voted for Mayor Flores. It's the first time he's ever voted Republican. He says massive red wave in 2022. This is uh, that's a picture of her there. She's the first, as JR pointed out, Republican GOP uh, member to win in this congressional district in 150 years. It says here flipping a seat that has been under nearly unbroken Democratic control. It says four decades here, so I'm not sure what the numbers are. But either way, it's been a really long time, and she's won of, uh, of many great candidates the Republicans are fielding in this upcoming midterm election. From what I understand, and I don't know them all, Matt knows a bunch of them, and Vince, I know you do as well, we've got a good slate of candidates. The Republicans have worked hard to get p- good people to run for office this uh, time around, and I think we should be proud of that. Okay, let's see. Let's talk about... Um, so, do you remember, and by head nods will be will be, be a good response here, do you remember that uh, it wasn't long ago the Inspector General 
said that the Border Patrol agents that were accused of whipping Haitian immigrants on, from their horses were absolved. There was nothing there. There was no criminal activity. They didn't do anything wrong. The whole thing was manufactured. You remember that? I remember that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not good enough for the Department of DHS. They said their investigation would continue, and it turns out they are going to discipline these Border Patrol agents for the whipping incident. So despite the fact that uh, they, the inspector general, which is the independent agency that was looking at this, said there was no wrongdoing, the uh, DHS is going to go ahead and uh, discipline these guys. It says it indicates that they, the inspector general indicated that they had not found any criminal actions were taken by the agents. The uh, Customs and Border Patrol agency has yet to release the results of its in-house investigations, but they have announced disciplinary, disciplinary action is coming. Matt, this sounds like red meat for the base. The Democrats doing anything they can do to fire people up so that they'll get to the polls in November. Yeah, I mean, for starters, anyone who has ever ridden a horse or rode a horse, whatever the terminology is, you know, there, I mean, I grew up on a farm, you know, we said ridden, we said rode, it doesn't matter. I used to ride horses with my dad and my mom and my cousins. And the whole point is, is you use the reins to control the horse, you use the reins to make the horse go faster. Sometimes, you know, I don't know, on the farm, you know, we had cattle, you know, you know, when I was young, we had pigs, but mainly we had cattle. And if I'm trying to move cattle, I want the horse to go a little faster, so I throw the reins around. I can't imagine how fast I'd be throwing the reins if I had a thousand angry immigrants running at me, JV. Okay, <laughs> for starters, you know, this is not something that normal people have to deal with. We're not, for starters, why don't we address that these people that they were trying to stop are criminals. It is a felony. It is illegal to come to the United States of America illegally. They are committing a crime. But they don't want to admit that. They don't ever want to talk about that. Instead, they want to punish hardworking people who protect our southern border, who are who are Americans. I mean, it was a border patrol agent who killed the little monstrous shit in uh, in, in Olvede, right? So these people are heroes. Uh, you know, the Bortac Special Forces guys are some of the best SF guys in the world. You know, a lot of people don't realize about our Bortac division. This is just preposterous. It's sickening. It's disgusting. It would never happen under Donald J. Trump. This would never happen under a Ronald Reagan. Hell, I don't even think it would have happened under a Bill Clinton presidency. That's how bad this is, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we need to start respecting those, those folks, JB. And uh, the, another thing, you, know, you brought this story up. I haven't seen, where's Ted Cruz? Where's John Cornyn? Where's Governor Greg Abbott? Where's, uh, you know, where's the attorney general in Texas? Where's all the congressional members and senators in the United States government on our side of the aisle? Where are you worthless cowards at? It's unbelievable. Where are they at? You know, we should, we, we should, the story, JV shouldn't have had to pull this. You know, JV should have been able to pull up. Hey, Matt. Hey, J hey Vince. Hey, JR. Uh, 192 Republican congressmen and senators are pissed off at the Biden DOJ. That's That should be the headline, folks, but it's not because we have a bunch of cowards that represent us. I'm going to stop before I need another drink. Uh, I just also want to point out, just as far as the horse thing goes, my daughter is a horse, an equestrian, rides horses. They use the reins, and as you see in the video of that of that, that particular incident, the Border Patrol agent is getting the horse to move right and left, basically stationary, right and left, to block the advance of these these people trying to cross illegally. And he's using the reins to do that because that's the way you get horses to move right or left. 
Yes. So the whole thing is a joke. I'm going to change the subject, JR, to get through a couple things quickly here, uh, but feel free to comment on either. So the Dixie Chicks are changing their name. They feel that the word Dixie invokes an era in the South when slaves were mistreated or there was slavery altogether, and they have been embarrassed about it for years. So they've changed their name from the Dixie Chicks to just the Chicks, because Dixie included references to the Civil War era South that was inspired by the song from 1973, Dixie Chicken. That's where their name came from. Uh, does this make you want to return to uh, your days of being a Uber Dixie Chicks fan, Jr.? Uh, it'd be hard for me to return <laughs> to being a Dixie Chicks fan when I was never one in the first place. But, uh, you know, whatever. I, I thought we'd kind of um, gotten out of the uh, politically correctness of uh, Yes, certainly in some capacities. We were talking about at the beginning of the show how it's okay to say certain things again, um, but you know, if you know, if that's what they got to talk about, I guess that'll have a, a 24-hour news cycle and and uh, and takes a spotlight off of real issues that Americans worry about. So I I don't think it's going to get too much traction what the Dixie Chicks are doing. Yeah. I'm still going to call them the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, I mean, Vince, if 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 the word Dixie by itself is now no longer acceptable, I mean, how far do we go with this? Because every place, oh. every geographic name that you use, even the United States, because the United States owned slavery, had slavery. It was the whole country that had it, you know, it was part of the country's history. So every single place has some part of a, its history, which may be, at, in retrospect, uh, inappropriate or embarrassing or whatever it happens to be. I mean, how far do you go with this? Well, I have a problem with them using the term chicks because I think it's derogatory towards women. So maybe they should <laughs> just call themselves nothing. Just be blank. Well, I mean, that's that's the. Let, let me just show it, you this. Be, let yeah, me show ahead, you this because it picks up on what you just said. So <laughs> they sent out a tweet with this, and this is their picture. The three of them served by <laughs> oh, a guy yeah. with no shirt on. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> And I think that was Matt the Couch. The lead singer looks like she's been. That may have been me there with the. Yeah, yeah that, that looks you. like me without yeah. my shirt on. That looks just like <laughs> you. Um, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah your skinny jeans uh, <laughs> finally came into the supply chain. So I, those those are male yoga pants, uh, Jr. Those are male yoga pants. Um, uh, I got. You know, and then nice. the lead singer, she kind of looks like she's been power clinging with the Pennsylvania swimmer. Yeah. Um, she's totally changed her look. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Vince. Yeah, I mean, how far do you go? Yeah, but when when does it end? When does it end, right? And 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 you know, it's funny because actually we were talking about this at the, the top of the show, and uh, I, there was also today something about oh, uh, the George George Washington University is dropping their uh, their name, the Colonials, now because I. I don't know why they're going to drop the colonial name and you, every day there's another, there, whether it's a school or whatever, you know, it's the Indian names. It's, it's historical uh, references. It's, it's when do we get done whitewashing history to the point where, you, you know, we're, we, we are so hell bent on, you know, changing education and education, our, educating children to understand the inequities and diversity and all these things. Yet what you're trying to do is actually you're just, you're whitewashing everything to the point where it's all going to be gone. And, and we're not going to talk about, you know, why, why were the Washington Redskins called the Redskins? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessary. They, were, they weren't, they weren't defaming anybody when they 
chose the name. It was a historical reference. And and you want to keep going there? There are a ton of major league teams who I am still surprised have their have their their names in every college under the sun. I mean, think about the number of them, especially the ones out in the uh, the midway, the, the the west and the southwest. They're all Indian names. There's all references to Indian yeah. tribes or some sort of Indian history. That's yeah. the the history of this country. At what point do we stop completely whitewashing it? And then as far as the Dixie Chicks are concerned, I could, you know, whatever. You know how, you know how, you know how it's now, you know, it's completely inappropriate to reference the pre-Civil War South and how the rebel flag is is completely unacceptable. Uh, Do folks realize that when the Northern Army marched from the Atlantic Ocean into the interior of the South, they burned everything. They destroyed the South. They burned homes. They burned everything in their path. It's considered one of the the greatest destructions of property in the history of humankind. It was the Northern Army. It was the Yankees. Talk about team names that did that. So not everybody is free of sin here. Everybody's got their dark marks in their history. And, And for us to keep canceling things, and you're absolutely right, Vince, these, in order for us to understand why many of these things were wrong, we need to understand the history of them. And by whitewashing them out of our history, we're never going to learn about them. Anyway, um, I have something kind of interesting to end on here. I had a whole bunch of cuts from Joe Biden's talk to the AFL-CIO. I used some of them during America's Lunchroom today. I'm not going to play any of them except this one, which is a montage of Biden um, during some key moments. And I want to get everybody's opinion on it after I play it. Wall Street didn't build this country. The middle class built this country, and unions built the middle class. I'm not joking. Without unions, there'd be no middle class. Let them know. Almost $2 trillion. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. The only reason the insurance company has to cover it is because of that law. And they're never going to stop going after it. You have never, ever, ever, ever let the country down. Face our challenges head on. And let's keep building a better America. Matt, he looks like he's coming unhinged. He's unglued. I'm telling you, we, you know, we talked about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate my thoughts on it. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a line and then, and then a huge lettering, all caps, exclamations, get loud, get angry, Joe, get angry. And he starts, ah, and he just starts screaming. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what's happening. He he says something. He, he's watching the teleprompter. Get angry. Ah! And he just keeps doing it over and over again. It's the only thing that makes any sense. Or, um, you know, he's, you know, been promised ice cream, and they keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back, and he's really pissed off. Yeah, Jr. He, you know, Vince often refers to the get off my lawn, you kids, man. And and we see it in full form. He's talking to a friendly crowd. I mean, I get trying to rile people up and usually you do that with rhetoric. He's just doing it with vitriol. He's just mad. Oh, oh, he absolutely. And uh, he was even shaking in one of those. You know, did you see him? Maybe he, he, he was, I thought he was going to lose it. Or his bean was going to explode. I mean, that's dangerous. He needs to calm down. <laughs> but, he, you know, this is as blue pill a crowd as he could possibly get. And uh, obviously he's, uh, you know, it would be red meat. This is this is blue meat. <laughs> so um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. He probably probably had to, after, after this speech, he probably had to call it a day. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm sure this took a lot out of him. Yeah, look at his eyes. He was on to fire him that much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Vince, watch his eyes. I mean, he gets, Beady. you know, it's just, it's just. You're waiting for the red glow to come from them. Yeah. Right? Look at. Wow. I mean, I guess this is what you do when you're just incapable of anything else. I mean, it's kind of the, well, you know, nothing he says. I'm going to give him the benefit of the. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. They probably had to print the speech off in a 32-point bold font, and he just assumed it mean to yell. But seriously, though, yeah. here's here's the serious part of this. Folks, this is how it all ends. This is how it all ends. It's it's the that's that's the end of the democratic uh, of democracy, right? When the leader is yelling epitaphs at a crowd who's who's cheering and have no idea what the hell he's yelling about. They have no idea what they're cheering, but they are cheering a man who is single-handedly through his administration and his party, taken down the entire middle class. They have sucker punched the blue collar worker time and time again. We mentioned it already tonight. His first act when he took office was to shut down the entire Keystone pipeline. All of those workers out of jobs. Those are middle class blue collar workers that he is yelling at in, that, in those videos. And they are just applauding him for doing such a great job. Folks, that is how democracy ends. That's what it looks like. And if you look at history, every other country that, that fell from democracy, that's what it looks like just before it goes. Yeah, that's a great way to, to end the program tonight because it's mm. absolutely correct. Um, listen, everybody, thanks for being here. It looks like Foxhole's back up and running uh, after the update. So thanks to Foxhole for updating. We love the fact that they are on top of their platform and they're continually to make sure things are working properly. Thanks to everybody who's joined us in Getter as well and all the other platforms. As you know, YouTube no longer exists for the Independence Gang. It's just not there. It was deleted as though it never existed ever, 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 ever. You can catch Matt and I on America's Lunchroom every Monday through Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, which, Matt, by the way, is how many hours different than California? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Eastern time, three. <laughs> Central, two. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking I was on your time. I'm like, I told Mindy, I'm like, oh yeah, 11 a.m. Because I was thinking one o'clock where I'm at. And uh, she's like, I'm still in my pajamas. Give me a few minutes. If you saw today's program, you know what we're talking about. Anyway, we, you can find America's Lunchroom on uh, uh, Matt's Getter, my Getter. Plus there's an American, America's LR, America's Lunchroom Getter, if you want to go there as well. As, whether, as well as other platforms. Again, thanks to everybody. Great job tonight, Vince. Thanks, JR. Thanks, Matt. And we'll see everybody next time.